Oh yeah, I'm Barry Moran, and you're listening to Mayo Are Back. Howie lads, Con Mort here, Mayo Are Back. Look at guys, you're listening to one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. It's Mayo Are Back. Angelina Nugent speaking, just wanted to say, uh, Mayo Are Back. Hello, this is Kim Jong-un, and welcome to the Mayo Are Back podcast. How do, Pope Francis here, Mayo Are Back. Mayo Are Fucking Back. Let them say what they like about Mayo people, but Mayo supporters are the best supporters in the world. Hello folks, how do? You're very, very, very welcome to the Mayo Are Back podcast. It's season five, episode nine, and we're feeling absolutely fine. It's a great day to be alive. It's a great day to be a Mayo inbred because Mayo Are Back. It's not often we can say that, but we can certainly say it on today's podcast. Who's joining me on today's podcast? Some of our eagle-eared listeners will know this man quite well at this stage, but he's made time in his increasingly busy schedule to come and have a little chin wag with us here today it's the one and only fat larry fat larry how do how do tj up mayo to you and up mayo to all of the mayo inbreds listening all over the world we called it before the dublin game we were never more certain that we were going to have another podcast this year and it is absolutely great to be back as you said mayo are back back in an all-ireland final it's been so so long it's been nearly seven months since we were in an all-ireland final it's absolutely great to be here and we are looking forward to a very very big show today now the listeners at home will always be wondering where are we today fat larry and if you'd like to tell the listeners where in the world exactly we are at this present moment well folks we are currently sitting high up above the main street of Ballina. We are in the penthouse suite of the Junction Restaurant in Ballina, who are very kindly sponsoring this podcast for us today. They saw it as an opportunity to, I suppose, create a little junction for Mayo inbreds between the semi-final and the final. They were worried about the state of Mayo inbreds and, you know, how they were coping with the four-week layoff between the two games. So they have specially sanctioned this very, very big podcast for us. And we're absolutely delighted to be here. I, for one, am delighted to be in conjunction with the Junction Restaurant and holding this function here today, as it were, Fat Larry, it's a great chance to connect with the people of Ballina, who themselves have gone through a tough time recently. I understand there was a podcast recorded here merely a few weeks ago that ruffled the feathers of a lot of people of the town. Well, you won't be hearing that here today, folks. We cannot speak highly enough about the place. It's decked out in green and red bunting, some of the finest I've ever seen. And it would almost make me think that some of the other towns around this great country of ours, Fat Larry, would want to take a good, long look at themselves. Because some of their actions in the build-up to this game is nothing short of a discarce. What Ballina are doing are they're putting their name out there and they're saying... We are green and red and fully inbred. And for the likes of myself and yourself, Fat Larry, our legions like ourselves, it's beautiful to see. And in a town that is really leading the way in terms of building, building up to this All-Ireland final in a few weeks' time, the Junction Restaurant here in Ballina are just leading the way. They are so far you know, ahead of all of the other businesses around here. They're completely mayo-mental. They're mayo-mad. And I think... It's fitting that we are here today in Ballina. Mayo or Back, as we've seen, are very much in vogue. The name is in vogue. But Ballina itself, in terms of a footballing hotbed, is very, very much back in vogue, as we saw up in Crow Park a couple of weeks ago. You can forget about your 
Brafie Mafias, you can forget about all the rest of them. This Mayo team is being led firmly by a cohort of really, really good players from in and around the Ballina area. We're hoping that we might see Porik O'Hora maybe walk by up the main street here, Mayo's new hero. You've got guys like Kevin McLaughlin, Darren McHale, and of course James Carr as well, all from the area who are all flying the Mayo flag with pride. So it's really, really fitting that we're here today to pay homage to those men and to also have a bit of a manifest for ourselves too. Manifesting and Mayo festing or whatever way you want to call it. It goes back a few seasons ago, Fat Larry. I remember you saying yourself, just to heap a little bit of praise onto you at this venture, you said that this Mayo team would win absolutely nothing without a whole host of North Mayo inbreds. And it's taken us a while to build up to that stage again, but it seems like the North is rising. We've got a lot of hefty Mayo inbreds right throughout the field. We have that spread from North, South, Central and West. Of course, we have a drought of players in the moment in the East. They're all off hurling. But there was one positive to be taken from the last game. The return of St. Brendan Harrelson. And he's a big favourite of yours, I understand. He is. He's a big favourite of mine and he is a big fan of mine also. Um, it's great to see him back in the team and he brings that bit of experience and that bit of nous, I think, that he would have picked up while sailing the seven seas, fishing all over the, the globe. And he'll bring that experience and that steely toughness that you need to survive out in the choppy waters back into the Mayo full back line now. You know, he's been away for a long time, as you can see in the Mayo team. O'Hora, Lee Keegan, Plunkett... Paddy Durkin, you know, there's a lot of competition for places in that back line, but it's great to have another man throwing his hat into the ring and he will add a lot to this Mayo setup going into the final. Now we're going to critically analyse every single line in this Mayo team throughout today's podcast. We're of course still basking in the glow of the great victory against Dublin. And although we have gone away for a little while, we always knew that we were going to be back. The fans have been on to us, the crickets have been on to us, and they're feverish in their approach at this stage, Fat Larry. We've got a lot of abuse in our DMs, as we tend to at this time of year. Fellas that we don't hear from in January and February when the FGB League is going strong. They're all getting on to us now, giving us stick. Where's the podcast? Why haven't you made a new podcast? Well, I'll be the first to hold my hands up and say that some of the Mayo are back team were on a little creative break. We got ourselves out of the country for a little while. We went to a warm weather content creation camp over in sunny Spain and we refreshed, we re asserted ourselves and reinserted ourselves and we're back here and you can probably hear that we're full of jizz and we're 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 full of spunk and ready to go again on today's podcast it's great to see you and you know we really are starting to ramping up now and we're going to be getting it right up for the final we're just over two weeks away from it now you know the crickets out there they're far and wide they were chirping away they were giving us a lot of grief over the last couple of weeks since the Dublin game but sometimes you know as James Horan might say you got to take a step back you got to analyse you got to as you said, reassert yourself and you've got to build a little bit of a foundation for us to go forward on. And that's what we've done. There's content there. It's going to be coming hot and heavy over the next couple of weeks. It's all done. All we have to worry about now is performing and making sure that come the final, we're at our very, very best. So to those crickets out there, we would just say to you, sit back now and enjoy the content over the next couple of weeks because it's going to be a lot of fun. I think as a matter of health and safety, I think also, I think it was probably advised, well advised that we didn't record a podcast considering how unwell the population of Mayo has become even without our help. So hopefully now we've come down a little bit off the euphoria of beating Dublin 
and we are now going to start ramping it up to what I feel will be Mayo fever levels, the likes of which we will never see again and have not seen before. Very exciting. I can see it in your eyes, Fat Larry. There's a, a redness, there's a puffiness and kind of a, a swollen nature to the eyes. You're sweating profusely. I can see that from the brow and from everywhere else. And it's it's clear to me that you're a man that's going through the phases of Mayo fever right now. Mm-hmm. I know you were partially vaccinated when we bet Dublin. You got a little booster that day, but that's not going to be enough. Basically, what we need for you to fully survive this bout of Mayo fever is for Mayo to bring home Sam. What do you think are the prospects of that? I think the chances are really, really good. You know, if we can get into the Dublin game, I suppose as a a game to drive Mayo fever to dizzying heights, that game really had everything you wanted. You've got a situation where Mayo were doing, you know, probably what Mayo have been known to do against Dublin in the first half. They were looking like they were a little bit lost a little bit hapless. Dublin were playing around them, making it really hard for Mayo to make any inroads whatsoever. But then it was like the Mayo inbred button was pressed by James Horan in the dressing room at halftime. And we saw a Mayo team coming out in the second half that were so viciously unwell in a footballing context, I felt. You know, they were playing like inbreds. They were getting stuck in all sorts of fights. Any player that could be sledged, they were getting stuck into them. You know, they were, you know, throwing the ball away if they gave away a free. They were throwing digs. They were just making it really, really tough for Dublin. And that's what we've been waiting to see from Mayo for a very, very long time. Now, Fat Larry, before I give you my critical analysis of the game, I just want to crack the can of Bulmers that has been so kindly supplied by the junction. No ice, guys. You know the practice. Absolutely no ice. Ice is for igloos, as they say. But just looking back on that game, or looking within, rather, I suppose we should say, Mayo, they pulled a similar stunt to the one they did against Galway. They played in a totally perverted way from the first half to Mm -hmm. the second half. They went out and took Galway from behind. They took Dublin from behind. We pegged back whatever sort of a lead that they had. We got ourselves on top. And once we were on top, we hammered it home. We absolutely drove it home. And there was no question going into that extra time when you saw guys like the eel from the Neil, Tommy Conroy, young young chaps in the backs, the likes of Enda Essien from Gary Moore. These guys all showed that they had the fitness, they had the good looks, and they were the most fabulous bunch of players at the end of the day on the pitch, in my opinion. Well, we've said it before, they were a better looking team on the day and it just so happened that that translated into a three-point win, 17 points to 14. You know, it could have been a lot more, you could say. Mm -hmm. You know, I was nearly disappointed um, after the match that we didn't, you know, put the foot down and really give Dublin the hammer and that they so richly deserved. And you could see in the way that, you know, GA fans, not just Mayo fans, but the way the GA public at large were celebrating across the country. It was not just a day for Mayo, but it was a day for Gaelic football that, you know, this juggernaut, this, you know, AIG blue machine was finally taken down a peg or two. And, you know, frankly, it was fitting, I think, as Martin Carney put it so eloquently in his fit of Mayo rage on the radio, it was fitting that it was Mayo that were the team in the end who managed to end this long, long run. And you know what? I would just like to say at this point, well done, Dublin. 
You were great champions. You were great ambassadors for the game. Uh, they epitomised everything that was good about football. You know, sportsmanship. You know, playing the game in a positive way, treating opponents with, you know, the utmost respect by a group of supporters following them who are so genuine and you're know, really just into their Gaelic football. So I would say to them, congratulations on six in a row and we hope we'll meet you again soon. Wow, folks, I know that that's a monumentous moment for all the listeners at home as it is for me as well as an impartial analyst here. I've never heard words like this come from the guru, Fat Larry. Oftentimes he's been known to go about this thing in a kind of a fuck the dubs approach, but... You know, time heals all wounds and results change everything. It's a results-based game. So the minute we bet Dublin, all the ill-feeling, the 16 million, the total and utter corruption, it all subsided in one big wave of Mayo euphoria. And that's a great place to be in mentally right now. I would, though, not like to let them off the hook that easily because... We want to talk about the dirty dubs and Mm. this isn't so much their play on the field, it's more what they were doing off the pitch. The reports from Crow Park last Saturday week ago suggest that the Dublin dressing room was left in total disarray and in a disgusting mess, totally unswept, unkempt, absolutely disgraceful. And a lot of this has been put down to the loss of Stephen Cluxton, the Dublin goalie, who was known for being an excellent brush holder and a sweeping master. As it turns out, young Emin Comfort, the replacement goalie, he didn't have it in him. He wasn't made of the same stuff. He wasn't able to go around the dressing room with the brush as well as Cluxton did. But we'll get on to on-pitch matters now, and we're going to do it with the help of a new segment that the fans at home should enjoy. And this segment is called Graceful or Disgraceful. I'm going to run a couple of topics by Fat Larry here, our esteemed pundit, and he's going to tell you whether it's either graceful or disgraceful. Are you ready, Fat Larry? I am, uh, TG. And just before we get on with this segment, I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank you once again for inviting me on the show today. It was a great surprise. I didn't expect it, you know, but it was. I'm pleasantly surprised to be here and I'm, you know, looking forward to getting the opportunity to, you know, impart my bit of knowledge to the Mayo supporters. And thank you to the Mayo listeners for tuning in also. Look at Fat Larry, it's a coveted spot to be sitting beside me around the round table here. I know there's a lot of Mayo shite talkers that would only love to be coming in for a little chinwag with us, but you've held your place and you're going on form and your selection will stay that way. You're going to hang on to this jersey if you keep talking so much ring. Thanks very much. First up, graceful or disgraceful, John Small's shoulder on Owen McLaughlin. I think... I don't want to be drawn on the incident itself, but I think the way that Owen McLaughlin dealt with it and has rebounded since the incident can be described as nothing short of beautifully graceful. We have seen him. He has been getting on the Mayor back bandwagon since the game. He's liking content left, right and centre. He's putting his feet up. He's recuperating. He's getting that jawbone nice and fixed. And you know what? I wouldn't even give... John Small the time of day so I'm not going to be drawn on that one he's a fine fabulous guy he's one of the most fabulous young defenders we have and I have no doubt he will be back in time and he will win multiple All-Irelands with this Mayo team Fat Larry I hope you don't mind me saying but I would just like to echo those sediments because it's so so true what you're saying he has followed the page he has taken to it like a duck to water I'm sure he's listening to this podcast now to get him through his recovery period and I would suggest that maybe he goes back listens to some of our work from previous seasons I know last year you referred to him as a half-baked that we could 
put our house on. He was an unbelievable talent when he broke through last year and he's going to have a big, big career ahead of him. I have no doubt in my mind about that. He's a fabulous guy. Next up, Fat Larry, we've got James McCarthy performing an RKO on Leroy Keegan. Graceful or disgraceful? Completely disgraceful, but also really good television viewing, you'd have to say. Uh, one of my abiding memories of the Mayo-Dublin game is the sight of him strolling off forlornly at the end of the game. And it was just you know, one of those moments where he kind of realised that the gig was up, the lie was over, they're a disgrace. What they've been doing for the last number of years is shameful. They've cheated the rest of the country out of multiple All-Irelands. And I just think it was a beautiful moment. But he himself is a disgrace. I don't know whether John Horan, GEA president, or Stephen Cluxton was a bigger loss to them, but they couldn't replace either of them, as it turns out. Next up, graceful or disgraceful, Robbie Hanley's shooting. Fabulous, graceful, gorgeous, whatever superlative you could put on that. I don't even know if that's the word that you would use, but wow, this guy has just transformed himself for so long our 16th man for so long the man backing up and fighting with one of Balanat's finest footballers of all time of course we're here in the Junction restaurant in Balanat today just in case you didn't hear it at the start but David Clark of course was from Balanat as well but he's very much I suppose we miss him But from a footballing context, we're not missing him too much this year. Robbie has been fantastic. And that free, you know, Mayo fans have been manifesting themselves to that video, that short clip of, you know, the Midwest commentary with Robbie kicking the ball over the bar so much for the last two weeks. He has given Mayo so much. And he is a guy who deserves an All-Ireland. He's gone through a lot of heartbreak like the rest of us. But that guy is fabulous. And Manifest Kearney said it well on the Mayo News and Manifest Kearney said it very well on the Midwest commentary when he said, the Mayo supporters, you'd want to take a good long look at yourselves. You have been a disgrace in a way for the way that we've treated some of our star players. But that goes with the territory, I suppose. It looked like our goalie just channeled that all in. And when he had his opportunity to strike, by God, did he give it some washki. An absolutely unbelievable score. One of the finest, most graceful points I think was ever kicked in Crow Park, Fat Larry. Yeah, absolutely. Next up. End Hessian, the galloping gazelle from Gary Moore. Well, End Hessian. So, I think this guy is going to be one of the best footballers that Mayo ever will produce. And why? I'm gonna, and I'm going to tell you why. End Hessian, he mightn't tell you, but if you know him and you get him out some night and you have a you're having a little chin wag with him and you're wondering what the you know what the crack is you should ask Enda Hessian about his previous career before he was playing senior football for Mayo and spending a lot of time training and you know committing his life to this great county Enda Hessian was a Mayo back content creator so he used to send us some little nuggets, some little pieces of information, some jokes that would have featured here on this podcast a lot. If you go back over the last five years, you'll hear them in there somewhere. He was only a mere laddie back in those days. He still is now, but that guy is fabulous. And that's why he's going to be one of Mayo's best players, because he's one of the players who has come through the Mayo or Back Academy over the last five years. And those, you know, players are now coming to the fold at senior level, the, you know, the 
five or six years of manifesting that they've done is now showing itself on the field. And it was, you know, rubber stamped with that win over Dublin. We are driving this, you know, movement. And these young guys are fearless now. They don't fear the dubs. You know, they don't fear anything. And, you know, they're creating good content and they're playing good football. So more power to them. I think it's important we take the brief opportunity just to praise ourselves in this instance because... As Fat Larry alluded to there so eloquently, it's the young guys that have come through the system of Mayo are back from a very young age. Whether it was ethical or not by the men involved in this podcast, we targeted the youth, as it were. And we always said, you know, if it doesn't come this year, it might come in a few years down the line. And the guys that are going to be leading this over the line, these were the guys that were liking these pictures and videos many, many moons ago. So... That's an absolute credit to yourself, Fat Larry, and to everyone involved with this amazing podcast. The next question on Graceful or Disgraceful is Connor Lane's performance. Connor Lane is the referee who we on this podcast cited could be a little bit of an issue pre-game. Now that the game is over, Fat Larry, have you changed your mind on that one? Well, you know, there's been certain individuals around the county who were very, you know, quick to criticise our podcast it was called absolute bollocks in some quarters and you know I would have to say I completely disagree with those sediments that were made mm. when you think about it before the game we touched on a couple of things we touched on Connor Lane um, we discussed you know where Mayo would win and lose the game I think both myself and yourself TJ did call very correctly before the game that Mayo would win we also highlighted the need for Aidan O'Shea to play a big game. I'm sure we'll discuss that at a little bit more length in a few minutes. But when you weed through the chaff of this podcast, you will realise that the manifestations that we have made have brought Mayo to the final. And for the most part, it's very factual and it's very accurate. We had said before the game that Connor Lane was a disgrace, and that's exactly what it turned out. He could have costed Mayo if it wasn't for the kind, generous behaviour of Cullen Basquel, who so kindly blasted the ball wide after Owen McLaughlin was assaulted by John Small. You know, but it's that kind of kind nature, you know, that Dublin showed Mayo that got us the win. You know, Connor Lane, you know, he should have sent off James McCarthy for punching Dermot O'Connor. He should have sent him off for punching Lee Keegan as well. There was a few more incidents in it, but he is a disgrace. And I hope to God we don't see him ref in the final. At one stage, I thought he even should have sent himself off. Things were getting so out of hand or whatever which way towards the end of that full-time whistle. He actually could have done with sending himself off. But just to touch on Cullen Basquell, while you're talking about it, Fat Larry, he had, you know, the intuition to recognised that a man was injured and he took that duty of care on himself and when the goal was gaping and the option of putting the game to bed was there for him he showed that little bit of mayoness that's in him and he drove it high and wide and out towards the sideline and I mean we've always talked about this guy being a possible sleeper cell ready to be activated within the Dublin camp we have them all over the country at this stage but we would you know extend the hand of friendship out to him and said if he doesn't mind doing the commute we might get a little soft jobbing for him below in Port Wester Allergan or somewhere of that nature and let's get him down to Mayo and let's get him balling and create a little bit of more competition in the attack. You're speaking of the Dublin attack there and Dublin were extremely generous to Mayo you know they kicked a lot of wides they turned over the ball quite a lot in the second half that was the complete opposite of the Mayo forward line which we saw 
up against Dublin, guys such as Ryan O'Donoghue, Tommy Conroy, Darren Cohen, James Carr coming in off the bench. These guys came of age, and I think Cullum, you know, could we find a place for him in the Mayo team? I'm not sure. I think he's much more useful to the county staying in that Dublin panel now and just doing little things here and there to help the Mayo cause, being the proud Mayo man that he is. And we would just like to take this opportunity to thank him for being so generous. Well said, Fat Larry. Now, one man you didn't mention there in your eulogy of the Mayo forward line was Impact sub, Conrad O'Shea. And we'd like to say a big congrats to Conrad for what he did when he came onto the pitch. That little ricochet that he got out towards the end line on Davy Byrne, put him under serious, serious pressure. He turned that ball over. He won the 45 for Mayo. The pivotal, crucial 45 that kept us in that game. We'd like to say a big congrats to Conrad for that ricochet that he came up with towards the end of full time now just two more questions Fat Larry on the graceful or disgraceful segment the next one is Aidan O'Shea's pair mobile advertisements graceful or disgraceful I gotta come just say it as it is it's a complete disgrace um, I am a bit scared by them at this particular junction um, but you know, this guy would be well advised, I think, at this stage to focus solely on the job at hand now. We're going to need him in the final. We're going to need him fully focused. We're going to need him fully ramped up for a game against Kerry or Tyrone, whoever that might be. So hopefully he takes his head out of his phone now, turns off the internet and concentrates on doing what he does best, to be fair. And that is being a leader for this Mayo team. But it's a disgrace. I would agree with you, Fat Larry, totally and utterly, but in another more real sense, I think you're a disgrace for coming out with that comment. That's This fair. is our captain we're talking about. I think all of the fans around the country of Mayo who've been calling for him to be benched would want to take a right good long look at themselves. This man is playing with a broken foot, as far as I understand, if protective boots are anything to be believed. I know James Horgan doesn't believe him, but I believe you, Edo. I also believe he has a fractured face from the Galway incident, the, the rumble in the tunnel, as it were. And I think some of the, the leadership skills that he showed on the pitch towards the end of full time, ripping that jersey open, I thought it was just fabulous to see from a Mayo point of view. He was there to be counted. And I mean, OK, you can criticise a guy for taking money for sponsorship deals. I mean, on another note, I'd like to again thank The Junction for putting us up today and you know, filling our pockets with brown envelopes. I think there's nothing wrong with it in an amateur sport to yeah. make a little bit of cheese wherever you can. But maybe the less said about that, the better. Fat Larry, the last question on the graceful or disgraceful list is Porrick O'Hora's interview. Graceful. This guy calls it as, he is, as it is. He's like yourself, Fat Larry. He'd remind you, he'd remind me of yourself in a way. He would, he would, he would remind me a lot of myself just in the way that he, he speaks his mind, he doesn't, you know, really care what people think, he knows what he's about and he knows where this Mayo team is going and I fully believe him and if you're, you know, get the chance to come down to Ballina like we are here today, you know, you will see people walking around the town with their chests out, there's young fellas going around with ponytails, they're, you know, you know, getting right thick with random people in the street and you know they're doing that because that's what their hero Porco Hora is doing on the football field for Mayo you know some of those Dublin guys looked absolutely scared out of their wits from that guy and as we said earlier 
the more of these staunch North Mayo men that we can get into this Mayo panel, the more of a force we're going to be going forward. We've said it for a long time. The team is full of them now and Mayo are playing like a team, just like a team possessed. And that's what you get down here. As you say that, Fat Larry, there's a young man walking down the main street wearing a judo costume, performing a series of karate chops. And that's the sort of impact this man is having around the town here. It's fantastic to see. And we say to Swanee, keep it up. You're one of the last birds we have left on this current Mayo flock. And you're doing us absolutely proud. Now, we want to mention him in another context because we're going to talk about our men of the match from that particular game against Dublin and Fat Larry you had said long in advance of this game you wanted to see this Mayo team playing with their heads up their arses do you think that we got that last Saturday week? I think we did and more importantly I think we've got it from a place that we generally don't get players with their heads up their arses and that came from the Mayo substitute bench. It was very clear to see at one stage the camera panned to the Mayo subs bench during the first half and their heads were all up their arses. It was an interesting um, picture on the camera. I didn't know where any of the players were, but it turns out that's where their heads were. And when those guys came onto the field in the second half, they really lit up the game. Enda Hessian came on at half time. You know, that guy is merely 14 years of age and he was running around up and down the field like a March hare. You had James Carr come on, an absolute weapon of a full forward. He came on for Big Aiden. And it wasn't, you know, people said, you know, James Carr kicked a couple of balls wide and there was some crickets out there who were having a bit of a go at him. But it's not what he did on the ball. It's what he did around the cone that really impressed me most. Darren Cohn was another guy who came off the bench. South Mayo, North Mayo, Solidarity coming to fruition up in Crow Park. The cone was diffing round the car, the car was diffing round the cone, whatever which way you want it. You know, he was making space for other people. He was, you know, bumping into fellas. He was getting involved in scraps and he was making, you know, space for, you know, the cone to go around him and they just really they were just working in perfect harmony you also had as you said Conrad O'Shea came on and made a vital turnover on Davy Byrne that led to Rob Henley's free um, what other subs impressed you? It's so long ago now, my, my brain has gone so bad, I can't remember. I think they were all absolutely fabulous. They brought on a guy towards the end, the very, very end of extra time. And I understand it was his Mayo debut, and we'd like to congratulate him. He's another man from this part of the world. And that's a guy that we've long talked about on this podcast as one of the up-and-coming starlets for Mayo. But he finally got his big chance with five minutes to go in extra time. Conroy Loftus. Conroy Loftus, I think he came on as a sub. He came on for Conor O'Shea, I think, in extra time. And, you know, it was lovely to see him finally get a run out um, in the Mayo jersey. He did really well. You know, we saw him towards the end of the game with a real calming influence, holding on to the ball and just, you know, doing almost what Dublin have done to Mayo many times, just not giving the ball away and frustrating them. He did really well. Stephen Cohn did excellently on his first start for Mayo at centre-back as well. He caught lots of kickouts and was very, you know, assured and a calming presence in that half-baked line. You know, it's great to see him become so half-baked over the years. And, and that's probably from listening to our words as well, I would assume. Now, it would be remissive of us not to mention, when you talk about Stephen Cohn and you talk about James Carr and such high echelons there, Fat Larry, the importance of the bucket of nuts on this Mayo team and we'll say the pint bottle of Bulmer's no ice 
These kind of things that those two guys in particular bring to the table. For example, I found myself looking at a large poster of Stephen Cohn split down the middle, 50-50. Half of it is a guy ready to go to war, playing with the Mayo GEA colours. The other half is a man in a pair of wellies with a bucket of nuts ready to go out feeding calves. And the comparisons you see between the two are absolutely striking. For me, there's absolutely no difference whether you're going out to Mark Conor Callahan or you're going out to shake the nuts you're going out there with the exact same philosophy and mentality. And I think when the car eventually does diff around the cone, you're going to see the two of them working in tandem with that little bit of farming knowledge that Mayo have arguably lacked over the last number of years. Definitely. And as we said, we've seen, you know, in the Dublin game the last day, the car was different around the cone. But I'm going to be interested to see, you know, another couple of weeks of training, you know, what sort of a performance are we going to see from James Carr in the final? You know, this guy, he goes great around the cone, but I'm going to be interested to see what happens to him when the car comes to the junction. And, you know, if this guy is feeling good, if he's feeling hot, if he's feeling all right, when James Carr comes to the junction, you know, if that junction is empty, he's going to give it plenty and he's going to burst through the gap. And you think back to a few years ago, that marvellous goal he scored against Galway down in Limerick. You know, he went right through the junction that day. He wasn't looking in his wing mirrors. He wasn't looking behind him. He was looking straight ahead. If this guy can hit for him for the final, if he can diff around that cone, if the rod is, you know, wedged firmly up the backside of Carrier Tyrone, whoever it might be, we don't know. If Tommy Conroy is, you know, performing those eel-like moves that we've seen from him against Dublin, why can't this Mayo team go and end this long drought We've said it here for so long, 69 years of pain ended last December when Mayo lost the All-Ireland Final to Dublin and we are now in the beginning of a new 69-year cycle of pleasure that is going to begin two weeks Saturday, five o'clock. It's going to be absolutely fabulous. I have to echo those sediments, Fat Larry. Too many years gone by, our forwards have come into the junction and they've yielded and they've looked left and right and decided, you know, I'm just going to wait and play it safe here. Now we've got a car, a rod, an eel from the Neil, and these guys will blast straight through the junction without looking in the wing mirrors, no indicators. They'll go straight through it. They'll take their men with them, men and ball, and they'll go for the jugular. We didn't strike any ghouls the last day. And disappointingly, I don't believe we had any fisted scores. We've always said on this podcast, we've been firm favourites and fans of the fist and that Mm -hmm. a fisted score should be worth more. But a lot of the guys, they're, they're stepping up to be counted this year. And something I want to touch on now that one of my comrades said to me, in an all-fair scenario, it might have been yourself, Fat Larry. Yes, I think it was. What you said was, Young Café Rouen. James Horn showed a lot of tactical Rouens throughout the game, but playing him this season, and indeed over the last season or two, has produced one of the finest, most frenetic and fabulous footballers you could ever hope to have on your team. But what I've noticed this year with my critical eye, Mm. is that Café Rouen has not provided the fans with any one of those customary fuck you Matty moments that we have relied on so heavily in other years. In fact, in my eyes, he's arguably playing too well. He hasn't put a foot out of line in the last three or four games. And I suppose the fans are the ones who we should credit with this. We hold those Mayo players to an exceedingly high standard whenever we see them, whether it's GFCB League, Michael Welch playing with their clubs... Even having a kick around down at the pitch, I seen him one day and I started lambasting him with abuse because he he put the ball wide from 45 yards. He's not doing that anymore, Fat Larry. They're sailing over the bar. 
I would, you know, fashion Cafe Rouen. Cafe Rouen of, you know, 2019 and 2020 in the Mayo team was a little bit like a cappuccino, maybe a latte. You know, it was coming, you know, maybe even a large latte. It was coming in mm. a big cup and you were getting, you were getting your, your coffee, you were getting what you want, you are getting the good stuff, but you are also getting a lot of this extra milk that you didn't really need. You know, and it's good and it's nice and all that, but you don't really need it. You know, when you're trying to keep the, you know, the couple of inches off your waistline, you don't need it. Mm-hmm. This year, Cafe Rouen is playing like a flat white. You know, he's trimmed down, you know, you're getting what you want, you're getting your kick, you're getting your scores, you're getting your big hits, you're not getting those fuck you Matthew moments as you said. He is just playing perfect football and for me is nailed on. He's going to win Footballer of the Year after Mayo win the All-Ireland Final. You've said that many times, Fat Larry, and I have to be the first to echo those sentiments here today. But whether it be Café Rouen or, or goalie Robbie Hanley or Conrad O'Shea, any one of the Brafie Mafia, they all stood up and said to the people of Mayo, fuck the lot of ye. you know, you've been giving us abuse for how long and here we are now putting it to the wheel and showing you our stuff. And that's going on right throughout the team, right throughout the extended squad and even towards the management. And the manger of this team and indeed his selector team have come in for serious criticism on this podcast and many podcasts in the past. But I understand today, Fat Larry, that you want to give them their plaudits and give them their due respect that they are certainly due at this stage. Very much well-earned due respect to the Mayo management team. They pulled out all the stops. They got their game plan perfect, whether you want to say it's perfect or whether it wasn't. You know, there was a lot of inbred unwells, you know, who were very, very disgruntled at halftime in the game. I, for one, have been on the record as saying at halftime that I was convinced that Mayo would manage to turn it around. There was something in my Mayo waters that told me that this was going to be different to all the other days. And credit must go to the management team. You know, as Porik O'Hora said, they have one plan. We don't know whose plan that was. Maybe it was the plan that was lost in the hotel room all those many years ago. And if it is the same plan, well, that would be fine too. It was a winning plan if it was allowed to, you know, be brought through. But, you know, I think the most important thing about this Mayo team, and you could kind of see it after the game, they're a united bunch. You've got players and management are all one. And that's what sets this Mayo team apart from Mayo teams of previous years. You know, you think back of Mayo players, you know, Mayo teams who were maybe doing it a little bit for themselves. You know, they weren't getting on with their management team as well as they possibly could have. Maybe they were having a couple of late night soirees, you know, to oust their mangers. We're not going to bring it up this time. This Mayo team seems to be different players and management in perfect harmony. And I think that's going to be a winning formula for us. And James Horgan should be given due credit for that. Yes, it was an absolutely tactical masterstroke. It was an unbelievable performance from our manger, James Horgan. I was so impressed with the way that he got just that little bit of extra spunk out of our boys at half-time. But one man who I'd like to highlight that arguably hasn't gotten enough plaudits this season, and that is our Sambrero-wearing selector, mm-hmm. Mr. Sambrero-man. Because whatever about wearing it during a 30 degree heat wave against Galway, I was surprised to see the versatility of this hat, that it could in fact also be worn in the piss and rain on a miserable day against Dublin. So this hat, it's as versatile as Stephen Cohn. You can wear it in any sort of weather setting whatsoever. 
I think it's something that the fans need to have a right good look at and possibly get behind for this final. A Mayo Sambrero look throughout the crowd. Maybe even all the subs could be wearing one as they're warming up. I just think it just shows how together we are as a unit and how well we're just reading each other style-wise and in every other setting. Yeah, it was a gorgeous piece of Mayo clothing. We've been long-time advocates on this podcast of Mayo headwear, you know, real unwell, you know, Mayo hats and baseball caps and stuff like that. And again, it's it's just nice to see that that message has been taken on board by the Mayo management team who are looking suitably unwell on the sideline. And that is very, very good to see. Now, Fat Larry, the inbreds at home will be wondering what's coming up on today's podcast. Well, I suppose now that we've done our little introductory section, we can map out what is coming up on today's show. I suppose one thing that the people will want us to do is certainly preview the Tyrone and Kerry, the much-spoken-about fixture that's coming up this weekend. I think that's what people will want us to do, but I don't think we're going to do that because I think... Talking about that game shows each of those teams too much respect. Respect that in my eyes they don't deserve. This is and has been and will always be a very Mayo-centric podcast. We don't lose sight of the fact that we are from Mayo. And if I could just take this opportunity to pause and say, Up Mayo, I think we could all do a little bit of Mayo manifesting, Mayo-festing. As we did on the last podcast, we thanked the universe for us beating Dublin. I suppose at this venture it's probably time to say, Thank you, Universe, for Mayo winning the All-Ireland Final, ending the 70-year drought. I think it's something that we can definitely look forward to. But despite the fact we're not going to preview that game, we are going to give you, the fans, the opportunity to have your voices heard. And we will do a little Q&A towards the end of the show, as is a custom on this podcast. But before that, we put the feelers out and we ask the half-bakes what sort of Mayo fever dreams you've been having recently Mm. because there's been a huge increase in these fat Larry myself and yourself we've been tossing and turning all night long in the big bed we share and you know that there's a lot of different thoughts running through our mind some rational some totally irrational Mm -hmm. but the fans have been in touch and we're going to give them a little bit of clinical and critical analysis of their dreams And just see if we can read into them a little bit and see how that affects things on the wider scale. Is that okay, Fat Larry? That's absolutely fine. I know myself, I've had some very outlandish Mayo dreams over the last couple of weeks. You know, the hot weather that we're going through at the minute doesn't make that any easier. You know, I've been dreaming of, you know, old legendary Mayo players. I've been dreaming of Mayo panel players, starting members, up and coming Mayo players. They've all featured at some stage and it just goes to show how swept away we all are by this, you know, Mayo euphoria that we're experiencing at the minute. Now, the first one comes in here and it says, this listener is wondering, is it a normal side effect of Mayo fever to suddenly shout out, ah, for fuck's sake, out of the blue? He's been saying this a lot. He's also been experiencing dreams where Adney Mornan feeds Rod's balls into cock while Conmort runs around with an RIP Desi Farrell t-shirt purposely spelled wrong as an homage to the previous time he had Mihal Jackson on his jersey. Now, there's a lot to unpack there. There is. There's a fair bit in that one. I don't know if me and you have got the, you know, psychological credentials to maybe fully diagnose what's going on there. You know, at its most basic level, we could say that this person is Mayo mad. That's something we, we, we can diagnose with great certainty. You know, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of different players. There's a lot of sexual innuendo going on in that dream there as well. Um, 
maybe there is, maybe there isn't, maybe it's just a pure football dream, we don't know, but we would just say to that person, you know, I could best probably prescribe maybe one to two Mayo games of the past 10 years a day before bedtime, and a cup of hot milk now might do them the world of good. We have another one coming in from a long-term fan and follower of the page. He says that he is having a recurring dream where he's sitting in the Cusack stand in between Homelli and Martin Carney. And the three of them break into a rousing Mayo do-do-do style chant. Then we go on to win the All-Arnold by way of a fistalty shootout where Adney comes out of retirement to fist over the winning fistalty. This is obviously a penalty but without the use of the boot, the use of the bare hand and fist. And one thing which is recurring in both of these dreams is the presence of Adney Mornan. So this is what we're talking about here, folks, on the Mayo are Back podcast. When a Mayo player retires, he doesn't necessarily drift off into the limelight never to be heard from again. In fact, when some Mayo players retire, we hear more out of them than ever before. And to these fans, I suppose, maybe sign up to get a pre-ordered copy of Adney Mornan's book. Mm -hmm. And that might sort of help you, you know, get over the loss of losing him. I know there's a a frustration there, be it sexual or otherwise. There's a frustration that we haven't won Sam in so long. And there's a frustration that we've lost some of these good players of the past. But what I do like about this dream is that even when this guy is dreaming, he's still singing Mayo Do-Do-Do. I think that's important for all fans. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's going to be a great book. We're very, very much looking forward to reading that one. And I suppose we would like at this stage, you know, given Andy's name was mentioned, we'd like to commiserate him as a former sponsor of the Mayo or Back podcast. We've moved on. We've gone on to bigger and better things. But you chase those brown envelopes. You chase that cash wherever you can. And Andy, in fairness to him, he's doing a great job at that in his retirement as well. Next one in says, I keep having a dream where we have two mangers with equal mangemanship, kind of a 50-50 style manger approach. That wasn't a dream, that was a reality a couple of years ago, but thankfully it's just a dream now. So in this dream, Jimmy Sloyne kicks down the door of his room and five ghosts, who he claims are really manging the team, are behind him. Then he wakes up, covered in Connacht medals and iPhones that have been repaired due to water damage. And also, I am in my gowna. What does that mean? I think that means, you know... We've got a young, up-and-coming crop of Mayo players coming through. I say, you never know. Year, two years down the line, James Warren decides he's had enough as Mayo manger. I think we repeat the dose and, you know, we possibly look throughout the county maybe for a joint management team. We look for two men who might be willing to form such a, you know, a, a joint management ticket. And if those guys are out there, you never know. Some guys might come back and want to have another go at it. Maybe they could be given the job. And that would put the Mayo inbreds at rest then. The next one, Fat Larry. This guy, and this is quite worrying now, he's a long-time listener and a full-time half-bake. He had a dream recently where he was driving around Dublin, but he couldn't stop the car from accelerating. In a time where we shouldn't be stopping any cars from going full pelt in the capital, is there anything he should be worried about? And that comes in from one half of the thumbnail for the season one episode three replay podcast i understand who you are inbred i i think i know who you are now as you ask us that text and we've alluded to the power of the car recently and the speed at which the car should be going and the sort of reckless abandonment that james Carr plays with when he's going at full fettle 
And just in conjunction to that, I would say, try and live through that dream, you know, without getting into sleep paralysis or anything else like that. Try and, try and get into that car in your mind, maybe during the day, maybe during the evening time. And when you go there then at night time, you'll be much more calmer in that situation and much more prepared for any situation that will arise in and around the capital. And if you do, in your dream, get the chance to come to any sort of a junction at all, make sure you power on through it. And there's only one more dream that we're left to diagnose here today, thankfully, Fat Larry. And this is an interesting topic that I've thought about myself quite recently. This guy is having a recurring dream of seeing Porik O'Hora and Oshin Mullen holding Sam and Croker with skinheads. He then wakes up wishing that they had lost the All-Ireland and still had the man buns. Is this normal? He's so worried that he stopped sleeping two and a half weeks out from the game. That is a little bit worrying, I have to say. It's quite worrying, but I would also say that his heart is in the right place there. I would have to think long and hard about what I would prefer. You know, would I like Mayo to have one in All-Ireland with Porg O'Hora and Oshin Mullen with skinheads, or would I like to lose another final, but for them to keep those ponytails? It's a dilemma that I would have to think about. You know, that one might keep might well keep me up late at night as well. So I would wish that listener all the best and hope that he manages to find some, you know, meaning and strength to get him through the next two and a half weeks because it'll be a long time to go if he can't sleep. I think just in terms of the hair, which we haven't alluded to half enough on this podcast, when it comes to the final, what the opposition will be expecting is, you know, Porik O'Hora, Mullen, whoever it may be, with the hair up. What if we just flipped that on its side and went with the hair down? Hair down O'Hora, hair down Mullen could be a totally different beast altogether. It could. You never know. We could see them in a, a set of pigtails or you could have, you know, one of those nice little, you know, ponytails that comes over to one side and goes down over their shoulder either. You could, you know, maybe have their hair, you know, flowing back know long down the back of their jersey you know that would be absolutely gorgeous as well there's so many options you know that these guys have but that's down to the great strength and conditioning work that's done with them so that gives James Horne and his management team a lot of you know choice going into the final I would like to first and foremost thank all the fans that got in touch with us we're all going through the same thing together folks we're all suffering from the fever right now all we can do is persevere during this time it will get easier I'd like to harshly criticise the GAA for making us wait four weeks for this final to be played. It's quite unfair. Two or three weeks would have been absolutely enough time. When you give us a four-week window, we start to lose our minds a little bit more. But I suppose if Mayo fans can keep things under wrap and go for a slow build-up, and hopefully we can get to where we need to be at the end of the day. Now it's time to turn to the Q&A, and mm-hmm. this will be the final segment of today's podcast, this a lot of in-depth clarity and critical analysis coming in from you, the inbred listeners to Mayo are back. And the first question they're wondering about, and this is going to be a hotbed topic around the country for the next couple of weeks. And straight out, why is John Plenty Cash Prenty not giving the season ticket holders a ticket for the final? The 3,266 most inbred people in the county, the ones that have funded this stand, funded this team over the last seven or eight years, are the first ones to be getting shafted by the country broad now and to be denied a chance to go to Crow Park and watch their boy What do you think about that, Valerie? 
it doesn't surprise me. It's what's gone on for, you know, as long as me and you have been, you know, manifesting ourselves with this Mayo team. It's always the most half-baked inbreds that get, you know, cut when it comes to an All-Ireland final. And I could only say, you know, plead with the, the powers that be to, to see sense and to, you know, get as many of those true Mayo fans into the final because they're the ones that keep it going. They're the ones that, you know, come and support Mayo in the you know, the glamorous games of the DBF League uh, and they deserve also to be here for this, you know, final also. it You know, it kind of means a little bit less to the true fan than an FBD League game, but they would love to be there nonetheless. Now, there's some comments, opinions, questions, all sorts are coming in. The first one here says, I'm an unwell, half-baked, full-bake. Mm. And I think that's a good place to be at this time of year. Yeah. I think that's exactly what you should be aiming for as Mayo fans, so congratulations to you. The next question is, up Mayo? Mm-hmm. 100%. Thank you for that question, listener. Very nice. A couple of quick-fire questions. Who is the best hair on the Mayo team? Best hair on the Mayo team? Um, you know, I think that the ponytails are obviously getting a lot of... Um, you know, credit and a lot of publicity this season, but I really liked the uh, the end of Hessian, the little little fringe that that guy has got. I think he's a wonderfully cute little guy, and I think he's uh, you know got a big future ahead of him in this Mayo team. Next up is Fat Larry, really fat. Not referring to Fat Larry Finnerty, of course. Referring to our own Fat Larry sitting beside me here, totally different person. Is he really fat? I don't know. Would you like to answer that one or me? Well, you know, these, you know, big Mayo weekends, you know, generally there's a lot of pints that come attached to them, you know. So, you know, naturally enough, they would, you know, lead you to get a little bit round at times. But, you know, when the All-Ireland final is over, you know, you get back in shape then and you get yourself ready for another big swell of pints then for next season. So, you know, I'm a couple of weeks off that now at the minute and looking a bit round and whatever, but I can assure you I'll be picking it back up in the weeks to come. Drink your pints and eat your carvery. Where is Fergie Boland doing his fisting these days? Uh, Fergie Boland has been, you know, fisting his small ball, I think a little bit for, for Toreen. You know, he's still there knocking around the panel, a wonderfully skillful young footballer, really, really top class. And you never know, he might have a role in this final as well. I think so. How many Mayo flags should be on the car windows at this stage? That's important. Well, I think it's very important if you've got one of those little checkered flags on the window of your car that you either go for the one with 51 or 69. One of those two for good luck. And of course, Fat Larry, if you add 51 and 69 together, you get 100. And we want our Mayo boys to give 100% on the day of the phylum. Up Mayo. Should a statue of Matthew, in brackets, Café Rouen, be erected should Mayo win the All-Ireland? I think everybody will be erected if Mayo win the All-Ireland. Statues and otherwise, I think that's a, a wonderful, fabulous suggestion. Something to look forward Maybe to. get on to your local councillor, maybe get on to Anil Dinnell about that one. He might be able to erect a big statue in the town. One man is looking for Joseph Murphy to join as a guest when 
Mayor Back and our ref collaborate, get his meat and two veg on it. Yes, this is the big collab that everyone has been talking about. It's been on the lips and tips of all the inbreds around the country. They're mad to hear us joining forces with the ref and plans are being put in place as we speak. There should be a little bit of a coming together, as it were, and we will be in conjunction with them at some stage over the next while. We have to give the inbreds what they want, Mm -hmm. so I think that will happen. Whether that other fella is going to be on it or not, Hopefully not. <laughs> Who cares, as it were? Who cares? S- someone is wondering, what's the most fabulous club in Mayo? I mean, any of the ones from North Mayo, I suppose, at the moment. Arda is a great club. Well, there's lots of them down here. And then Bill Murray has been mentioned here because he was knocking around Mayo over the last little while. And somebody is suggesting, I think this is a great suggestion, that Bill Murray could be in line to play Tommy Goonan in a reprise of The Cunty Broad Strikes Back, which is a movie that, if it hasn't been budgeted for already, should 100% be made, possibly in the post-winning Sam era, when us here at Mayo are back and some of the other big stakeholders around the country have absolutely nothing to do with our lives anymore. Maybe we will apply ourselves to filmmaking. I mean, we've done songwriting. We've made some of the most half-baked podcasts you've ever heard in your entire life. Maybe a movie is the most obvious shout to go for next. Definitely, and if there's auditions for minor roles or major roles in that film, I'm sure myself and yourself and plenty of the listeners out there will be putting their hand up to fill some of the different roles in that wonderful film. And it's a great story to tell. You know, this whole Mayo saga, it's gone on for so long. It's hard to believe that it's real. You know, we talk a lot about dreams and we talk about all the rest of it. You know, this thing is, you know, it's mad and it's mad to think that we're all still on the journey. And I think for us... And for the listeners at home, we would sincerely love now if that would end in a couple of weeks' time and everyone could sort of move on with their lives a little bit. Other projects, as it were. Now, there's so much good stuff coming in here that the mailbag is stuffed to the gills. The sack is very, very full, as it were. Somebody wants James Horgan to give Robbie Hanley hair extensions to maximise fluidity for the first name on the team sheet. Someone else is wondering... How many phones is Ad O'Shea going to drop in the sea between now and the final? Probably probably 69, as they said themselves. And one important question, we're going to finish it on this one. When should inbreds start making the trip up to Crow Park? Because we all know that things are going to be jammers on the day. But it's not just all about the day, it's about the preparation. So we're two and a half weeks out, Fat Larry. When would you start making your way up to Dublin? Well, I myself plan to begin the journey. I begin to flock off to Dublin, you know, maybe the Monday morning before the game. That'll give me six, or nearly six days to make that journey. And it's a journey we're going to enjoy. You're going to stop in a lot of, you know, well, you know, known landmarks along the way. You've got to spend at least 12 to 18 hours in Balnalak. You're going to eat, need to eat at least three carveries in Ferex for good luck as well. So that's going to add into your time. You also have to think of all of the half-bakes that you're going to meet along the way and you want to give them each a couple of hours of your time. So I'm personally going to set aside that week now for preparing myself for the game and the maybe two or three weeks after then for celebrating the end of the famine. Fantastic, Fat Larry. Now, we were going to move on to any other business, but one more text has just popped up on my teleprompter now, and it comes from a disgruntled former Mayo panellist. He's very worried about the ticketing fiasco that we're about to experience over the next couple of weeks. He's suggesting that Mayo fans do what the English fans did at Wembley and bust their way into Crow Park and secure their seats that way. 
I mean, I can't come out on a national broadcast or podcast that will be listened to by many hundreds of thousands, as it were, and suggest that that's a good idea. But that's only one part of his question. He's followed it up with a very interesting one. He's wondering who the best finger licker in Mayo is. And he's developed that question when he's talking about just before the goalie is about to take his kick out and you're not wearing gloves and it's a dry, hot day in the heat of the summer. He has one man in mind, but I'd like to hear if our esteemed guru, Fat Larry, says the same man. Who do you think is the best finger licker in Mayo football? Not on this current team, but I'll allow you to go back to, we'll say, over the past decade or so. Yes, you know, there's some great finger lickers in this Mayo team, COVID or no COVID. It's still great to see, you know, Conroy Loftus is a great you know, advocate of the finger licking. Um, you know, Kevin McLaughlin would do it as well. But Conor O'Shea is, you know, one of the best exponents of finger licking that we have in this Mayo team. And, you know, it's it really does help with the grip and, you know, getting the hands on the ball. And, you know, I think, you know, Big Barry Moran used to always do it back in the day for Mayo. You know, it's great to see some of these new guys coming along, licking their hands or wings, whatever they have at their disposal. But that is something that you love to see. So you get the, the dry ball and the gloves off. You love to see the bit of finger licking going on. It's funny you should mention that, Fat Larry. We probably haven't mentioned Big Bird Barry Moore on this podcast enough in recent years. He was one of our favourites many moons ago. But that's exactly who our former Mayo panellist got onto us and suggested he reckoned Barry Moore and was right up there as well. So it's great to know that Fat Larry still has his finger on the pulse of Mayo football. He knows everything that's going on around the country. Now, in terms of any other business, we want to say... How do and thank you to everyone who got in touch and made this podcast as half-baked as it is. Of course, we need to pay our respects and our due respects to the Junction Restaurant in Ballina. A fabulous, fabulous facility. They've given us all the trimmings that we needed today. The pint bottle of Bulmer's no ice. Plenty of fine food and fabulous friends below in the in the in the restaurant. And we'd like to tip our hats to them right from the height, the dizzying heights of the corporate box up here. I'd like to say happy birthday to Manifest Kearney, who turned the, a big birthday quite recently there. And I know, Fat Larry, it's one of your dreams to get invited to one of those fabled coffee mornings where Martin sits down with some of the head honchos in Mayo GA, some of the greatest stakeholders you've ever met in your lives, the likes of your John Mohans, maybe your John Melvins, people from all sorts of walks of life that have that amazing insight into Mayo football. Other than that... I mean, Mayo do 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 is something that's going to be ringing around my head over the next few weeks. Fat Larry, do you have any advice for the Mayo fans out there that are struggling with this big break and the big gap that we have to go through before we get our teeth stuck into this All-Ireland final? Yeah, well, whether you're from, you know, Kilmaine or Westport or Balahadreen or Ballyhonas, if you're feeling manifested, if you're feeling a little bit unwell and you're looking for, you know, that bit of a release, that bit of Mayo chat... I would highly recommend getting down to the junction here in Ballina. I think it's really done me and TJ here the world a good. You know, it's put my mind at rest now for another couple of hours at least. I'll probably only need to watch another couple of Mayo games before I go to bed this evening, which is great. You know, it's a bit of time to go. We can sit back and enjoy the semi-final the next day now. Dub Kerry versus Tyrone. You know, it frankly, it doesn't matter to me who wins that game. I think it's going to be Mayo all the way. Mayo are back in the All-Ireland final. It's Mayo do-do-do. Mayo how-do. No more Dublin how-do. You know, 
it's all looking good for us from here. Fabulous, Fat Larry. If you're passing through Ballina, folks, keep your eyes peeled for the large sign that has been brought to you in conjunction with the junction. And a big thank you to all of the Mayo or Back Digital Media team at home and abroad. We're going to leave it there for today. We're going to run a few errands while we're here in Ballina. We might go for a little judo class with we hopefully won't get arrested by Gareth David Clark and maybe when all is said and done we might pop into PJ Hughes' sex shop on the way out Thanks very much for listening folks Mayo do 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 up Mayo and you'll be hearing for us a couple of more times before the All-Ireland final Merton hit me in an unmetable wallet Did you deserve it? No, no, no No Why? I got up you hit him back. No, I didn't hit him back at all. I'll hit him back with one four. One four? One goal and four pints. Come back and fucking zero. Why? Because I was simply the best of the time. I'll hit him back with one four. I'll hit him back with one four. I'll hit him back with one four. You understand that, don't you? One goal and four pints. One goal and four pints. You understand that, don't you? I'll hit him back with one four. And that's one of the reasons that Matt left Derrick.